Square Pockets is a Detroit-style pizza concept in San Francisco. We've been running as a pop-up the last nine months at Wine Vine Bar. Did you say Wine Vine Bar? I might have said Wine Vine Bar. Vinyl Wine Bar, I said. Square Pie Guys happened after Mark's pop-up one night. We went to the page to get drinks and just kind of talked about what we wanted to do and the, the level of, I guess, enjoyment we wanted our guests to have. I think Mark's had an idea for a restaurant for a long time. I, my whole career has been in restaurants, essentially, and I've always known that I wanted to, to start something. It just took someone else's kind of like original idea to get us off the ground. But yeah, we've like every Thursday, Friday since September, we've, we've been at Vinyl. Boom, what's up everyone? Welcome to Simulation. I'm your host, Alan Sakian. Very excited to be talking about the Square Pie Guys Modern Pizza. We have Mark Schechter and Danny Stoller joining us on the show. Hi guys. What's Thanks up, Alan? Thanks for having us. Thanks for having Thank you. Thanks Thank for you. coming on, really appreciate it. I'm so pumped for this episode. It's so great that Mario introduced us to you and walked yep. us over to your restaurant that's just a block away from here on, on Mission and 7th in beautiful downtown SF. And for those that don't know, they actually did this all in 10 months. Mark Schechter and Danny Stiller are co-founders of Square Pie Guys, a new Detroit-style pizza joint on Mission and 7th in downtown SF, which went from being a pop-up to brick and mortar in just 10 months. And you can find the links in the bio below, squarepieguys.com. Instagram.com forward slash square pie guys. It was so delicious demoing the different styles of pizza that you guys have. You have a very unique style with what you do and it's already popping and taking off. Let's, uh, let's start things off with what are your thoughts on the direction of our world? Uh, it's kind of fucked. It's pretty fucked. Um, that's, how I, that's how I feel. I don't know. I think I, I rack my brain all the time. The way like, I carry myself is I just want to do good and like be good to people I care about, try to put like love out in the world, but that's pretty much all I feel like I can control. Like politics, all these other factors that people spend a lot of time focusing on and working on, like I just feel like they're, they've already spiraled out of control. Like global warming studies, all those things, people are saying like, where it's too late. It's like so much to think about day in, day out. I just try not to think about it and just focus on doing good myself and that's pretty much all I can do. I don't think it's too late. <clears throat> I think we have time. I think um, and I think that's why Mark and I are good business partners because he's nice to people in the micro and I try to be, well, I don't know if I try to be nice to people in the macro, but <laughs> I do think that there's a lot of opportunity for change. I think we're seeing the change hopefully in our political system and I think there is a big shift politically with the baby boomers generation. And I am very hopeful that we'll see that change happening is like more outspoken younger people get the mic and have the ability to make influence and like use means of communication like YouTube, like Twitter, like social media, all the other things. Like AOC, I guess is a good example. I, I think there is opportunity for change and I don't think it's too late. If we get it done in the next five years, otherwise we're fine. What's, what's happening, what's the five years? I just think that if we can start kicking the change off now, when we like, there is still some ways that we can make drastic changes and improve global mm. warming, fix some of the political systems, get rid of some of the things like the electoral college that are very outdated, fix some of the ways that votes are assigned and suppressed, that gives people that actually have political power, that have like progressive ideals access, then we'll be in a better place. 
It's always interesting hearing how, especially someone, people that are starting a small business, um, have what their view is on the direction of our world. Um, we definitely have our ability to make the change that we wish to see. We're going to do it slowly over time. All right. Now, what about the journey? So who were you guys growing up? How did you guys even get interested in where you're at today? Um, well, I think something that we both have bonded on, we spoke about this a bunch, is like we're kind of both like fat kids. <laughs> oh, me too. Not kind of, not kind of. Like, <laughs> we're both fat kids. Me too, yeah. yeah. Um, okay. Which, I don't know, in a weird way, it probably built up the person I am today. Like, had to figure out ways to defend myself while still without like going into a hole and being all alone. So develop like set humor as a defense mechanism and yeah. certain things that I now see playing on my adult life where I'm like, oh, that's kind of where that came from. But with that said, I've always loved food and grew up in New York and I mean, there's no, there's no shortage of really good pizza. There's plenty of really bad pizza too. Like don't, don't get it twisted. New York is known for pizza, but there's way more bad pizza than there is good, but there's, many more great pizza places there than you can find almost anywhere else. So that was a big part of it. But yeah, I don't know. Pretty happy-go-lucky. Played a lot of sports. Um, just didn't really know where I, where I fit in all the time. Danny? I was also a fat kid. Um, it's funny because I asked you before this started about like a book that I'm trying to read right now. And then I was talking to my girlfriend about it. And I think one thing I'm working on right now, I don't know if I'm successfully working on it or if it's perceptible, but um, I really like being right and I really like being smart at things. And I kind of like, cause I've been in and out of therapy my whole life and we don't have a lot of time for self work right now, but like stripping it away, I think it comes down to when I was younger, I wasn't cool. People didn't think I was funny or like sexy, but I could always be smart. And so that was my like, that was my like, well, if I have nothing else, I can be smarter than them. Um, <clears throat> and like, I think that's, that's what I'm struggling with now is like, you can still be smart and be wrong. Um, but I think you were also kind of asking like how we got yeah. to starting a pizza restaurant. Yeah, let's do that. Um, so I was, I grew up in, we both grew up in Jewish families. Mark's from the East Coast. My parents are from the East Coast. Food's a big part of, I think everyone's culture, but like Jews, if you're sad, you eat. If you're happy, you eat. If you're full, you eat. If you're hungry, you eat. Pretty much. If it's a holiday, you eat. If it's not, like, there's a lot of food in the Jewish culture. Uh, and my parents both work full time, and I was like four years old, and I kept waking them up on weekends, and they were like, here's how you make cereal. Stop waking us up. And then, like, a couple months later, like, literally, I think I was five, and I there was like, started making scrambled eggs. I, like, put a, like, little push stool on the electric stove and, like, scrambled egg and so I was sort of empowered to feed myself at a young age and that that was like a big part of my independence and then I think later in life I, I realized that cooking was something I wanted to do and so I, I went to college for a little bit studied journalism didn't think that that was the right path for me moved back home I was like college dropout smoked a lot of weed like a lot of weed and my parents were like, you can't be a pothead, a dropout, and unemployed, and live at home. So, like, get a fucking job. And the job that I could get while still being a pothead was working in restaurants. And to the point about, like, I think a lot of, like, kids when they're younger that are overweight, it's also linked to just kind of, like, unhappiness. 
and like general disregard for self. And there's this moment pretty quickly where it's like, to the point about being smart, it was like, oh, I'm, I'm good at cooking. Like I have like an inherent advantage or like inherently there's like intuition that I have that makes me feel really good about myself. And time also passes really quickly. And so it's one of those things where it's like once I started cooking, I had a part of my life that I could feel good about myself for. And so it's like, that's pretty obvious choice for a career. Dude, we never really spoke like about that specific point, but that's pretty much when I started, like I started making pizza at home like two years ago. And that's pretty much the, yeah. the eureka moment for me was the same thing, like time passed quickly and I felt good about what I was doing and people liked it. And I was like, I wonder how I could do this more and see and like maybe make money off it or figure out how I could sell the food. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> Mark spent the last 10 years in tech sales. Well, no, it's more like you like something and right. you could do, do it for your career. Why right. not try that's to figure it out? Do, yeah. But like that's, yeah. So then it was a path in the restaurant business, uh, mostly. So it's weird because I was 18 when I started cooking. Went to culinary school after a couple of years. Um, and the last, I mean, honestly, the last time I worked full time in a restaurant for any period of time I was 25. And then I got a job at a startup, got a job at another startup, worked my last role. And then Mark and I started a pizza restaurant. And then like last week I realized I was a working chef again. <laughs> You're working chef again. Yeah. And then, okay. And then with Mark, then it was tech sales the last 10 years. And then, uh, yeah, the I mean, since I was like pizza. 23, yeah. seven years, but no, I mean, well, one thing, Danny, Danny's last job worked with one of my really good friends. I, I'm lucky, I don't know, some twist of fate that I have a lot of the same friends that I grew up with from my hometown, like my tight knit circle. A lot of them are out here working. Mm. So people I've known my whole life. And one of those people was Danny's old coworker. Mm. So that's how we met. We met two years ago. We actually met while I was still interviewing for that job. Right. Mark was like, I think just, just, started. just kicking off the pizza thing. Cool. Like literally our old marketing manager at that job she was breathless. She was like, he's in tech sales, but his passion is pizza. <laughs> it was like such a San Francisco thing. Yeah. But then like we had the same sense of humor. We worked a couple events together and we were like, like we could make, make the same type of jokes. Yeah. How did you figure out when you're making pizza what the thing was that would separate you from other people? Me? Yeah. Um, I, you know, it's weird. I'll, it's, it's always been weird to me because like I don't have a culinary background and I didn't spend a ton of years like making bread at home before I moved into pizza. I just kind of, there's something about me where like, not everything, like plenty of things I've, I've been like standoffish and weird and like afraid to try, but there are certain things where I'm just like, fuck it, like if I fail, I don't really care. So <clears throat> same thing with pizza, I just put the, put the flour and the water in the bowl. I read some, like a couple books, got some recipes, started working off of those and then perfecting them and like learning what the dough felt like or how, if a dough felt this way and then I baked it, it came out good, it came out bad. I just started like building this internal log of those trials and errors and just went for it. And then again, wasn't, had no qualms about being like, hey, people come over, eat this pizza. Yeah. If, it's, if it's bad, tell me, like I'm not gonna be offended. I don't, I don't think I'm good, I just started at this. Like I had no pretense going in. So I just was very gung-ho about making it and I guess I read the right books and had sort of have the, the palate built in from growing up eating such good pizza in New York and yeah, yeah. it just kind of worked out. And then, then I started to get more serious. I asked our mutual friend to start a restaurant with me back then. Yeah. 
because I was, I was in a weird place. I, was in, I moved out here with a, a girl, we were engaged, and then it went really south, like really quick, unexpectedly. And it put me in this sort of existential crisis of like, what am I gonna do? Like, I knew I didn't enjoy doing software sales. It was pretty, someone, um, actually I was listening to a podcast this morning, it's called Pizza City USA. It's by mm. a pretty famous like food writer who like loves pizza, runs food tours in Chicago. He was interviewing a guy named Anthony Falco, who's this big name in the pizza world. And basically he's like, in, when you're selling pizza, you're in like the happy business. Like nobody buys insurance from you and says like, thank you so much, this insurance is making me so happy. You know, so it was a very similar thing with like software sales. Like no one was like, wow, like I'm so thrilled to buy this small business marketing software. Like you saved my life, thank you so much, yeah. like, you know? So you didn't get anything. You were basically just like, you had to kind of be like Johnny on the spot or have the right timing to make a deal and you made the deal and people were still like not, they were annoyed at you. They were just like, fine, I'll buy it. You gave me a good price. There was no, nothing came of it that was like fulfilling for the, for the self. So then Damn. pizza was really became, and like, I don't know, I'm, I'm a people person. I really jive off that, like giving you something, watching you eat it and like yeah. you tell me, and either which way, like if you tell me you don't like it, oh, cool, like at least we had an interaction, we could like bond and have a human connection versus just like being this ambiguous person on the other end of the phone trying to get you to buy something. So yeah. it kind of felt pretty logical when it all, as it all, like it happened at once, but it all played out, yeah. Yeah, I think like, <clears throat> so Mark and I have played a lot with like division of responsibilities. Like, I, I like talking to the guests. I really love getting to know them. Um, but I think, like, what gets me out of bed in the morning is all of the processes that go into the, the behind-the-scenes work of that. Like, I love building systems and building business and, like, coming up with I have so many ways. questions about that. Uh, and right before we get there, let's do um, how then 10 months ago did you guys go, okay, we're going to come up with our own unique brand or own unique pizzas it wasn't that simple so going back a bit yeah how we came up with the style <laughs> Such a, mark's like so listen when i was 12 <laughs> no. <just> a girl. <laughs> no but we so i did that i made pizza at home asked our friend to start a restaurant with me he basically told me that i was crazy which in hindsight i realized i was i was like oh let's start a restaurant like you know what you're doing i kind of have a good product maybe who knows like 10 people over like three dinner parties have said it's really good. Like, also <laughs> keep in mind like this guy, like me, has, like has theoretically spent his whole career learning his own style yeah. and his own food so yeah. he could open his own restaurant. Right, which, which yeah. I would love to see hopefully one day for him but also like so, I, I was just naive and like very excited and he was like you're crazy and he put, like very casually was like go see if you could even work in a restaurant and like I said I'd just broken up with this girl. I had like nothing else to do in my life, a lot of more free time than I expected I would be having and so I did. I like went out and just applied the jobs on Craigslist. And the first one I landed was some place in Arinda, which was like a shithole. And the, the cook, the, like, I guess the kitchen manager at the time, that night that he was training me, he like carried this huge tray of pasta. Uh, they, they poured it out of the boiling water, uh, boiling water into this pan. And he dropped it on the floor and like picked it up and put it back in the pan. Ooh. And then he ate it, and I was like, oh, that's gross. And then the owner, after their shift, was like, you work pretty hard, we want you to work here. And I was like, I'll get back to you. And then I never got back to them, because I was like, that is disgusting. Jesus. But um, I know, right? <laughs> but I was lucky, I landed a job at Pizza Hacker in the Mission. And then from there, like, kind of was working in some really good kitchens, and, mm -hmm. and then started doing Feastly pop-ups, and basically just like, kept gaining confidence on like yes. this, like, yes. you know, staircase, kind of like, just, up and up and up and did my own pop-up in, in March 
of last year at Vinyl Wine Bar. Yep. And then right. enter Danny. So then I was working at, so I was working at an innovation agency that does consulting work with big food brands. And I was on a project that was actually more of like an incubator project. So a very well-funded pizza project where I was the person who was essentially overhauling all of their recipes and working hand-in-hand with our strategists to kind of create a brand that could scale relatively quickly in the pizza world. So I was sort of deep into like what it meant to start a restaurant in pizza world in the pizza world and like what it meant to like sort of create recipes and all those things and so mark and i started driving on that um mark did an event i like introduced him to be part of this networking group i was part of he did an event with them and he's like hey you roped me into this now you got to come help me cook you know he was very nice but i he asked me to help him work this event and well it's funny because i was like we have other mutual friends at this point in time who had helped me events and I paid them obviously because I'm getting money to do it. Right. And I was like, I'll pay you. And Danny was like, I'm not a, I'm not a, well, a chef for hire anymore. That event was for free. But then like you were like, can I pay you to do others? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I was like, no, but I want to start a business with you. Right. Oh, that's and cool. I yeah. think yeah. this was, so we, I, we've had twice now at my house, like a 4th of July barbecue. And Mark was like, yo, dude, Detroit style pizza, fast, casual, don't steal the idea. Like that, yeah. like that was his, that was his like business idea. Yeah. And then like, I think a couple weeks later we started talking about, like, I thought it was like, you know, I have a restaurant background. I think I could probably bring some good value to the partnership. And I thought it was a solid idea. And I was like, I've been ready to work for myself for the past four years. Love and it. I just haven't known what the, like the right thing was to start with. Timing right there, yeah. boom. And yeah. then, so, all right, so then when you guys are putting this, this is like the summer of last year, 2018 yeah, summer. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so then what is it like for, oh, there's so many people that are watching from around the world that have interest in food, that have interest in entrepreneurship. Yeah. What is it like to go from this fast casual Detroit style pizza like in, in your head and you're practicing, right? So you yeah. have practice built up, which is huge as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Practice. Right. But also then you're like, now how does this actually become a brick and mortar? How does that process happen? I mean, well, going to the very beginning, I, <clears throat> I go back to the, what I was just saying before. Like you gotta, it's one thing to like make a product or have an idea and create it in a bubble. Like you have to get it in front of people. Yeah. You, you, you have, have to do it. Yeah, you have and to you do said, it. Like we just, yeah. like we literally, like we just fucking did it. Yeah. Like we created an LLC and Mark Like LegalZoom, it's not like, that expensive. You just go, you literally, it's like, it's yeah. all there for you. I was yeah. like, uh, I guess what I, a lot of these things, I was like, I didn't think I could do them. But then as you start to research them, and that's, I think that's a big difference in us. Like you're like, it's the information's out there. I'm going to do it. Right. I'm like, I can't do that. Mm-hmm. And then I like learn again through the trial and error okay you could do that like it's not that okay. hard or it's not that right. crazy it's not that unbelievable it, it's like everything's risk like yeah. staying at a job's a risk like, yeah. after you guys get an llc filed then do you guys need to do something like identify a location do you need to get a permit so, to, so to, yeah. mark mark had a pop-up because pizza yeah, hacker pizza. started at vinyl wine bar so vinyl vinyl, yeah. vinyl, wine bar. vinyl i think as like unintentionally or intentionally launched a couple of pizza restaurants in San Francisco. So Pizza Hacker, he didn't launch with, with vinyl. He would like go around on the mission with this jerry-rigged oven that he built out of like a Weber grill. He like welded steel together with No, he, it was a foam, it was a foam heat dome that he made. Didn't, wasn't there? He, uh, yeah, he did yeah, some, yeah, yeah. Anyway, he made a, he calls it the Frankenweber. He made a wacky oven, went around the mission. He's got a cool story too. Mm-hmm. But then from there he went, I think went to Vinyl Wine Bar. A guy named Casey who has a, a place in the mission, uh, Mission Bay, 
had a food truck for a while before the food truck was at vinyl. So vinyl was this like known quantity to have this like countertop, basically bread or pizza oven. And when I was working at Pizza Hacker, I wasn't quick enough to work on their busy nights. They would send me to run the pop-up, which was slow. But that's how I got introduced to the owner of that place and the crew and the owner of Pizza Hacker. And basically fast forward a year, because that was like summer of 2017, a year on from that, like, or like a little less than a year on last, last spring, Pizza Hacker like left. And I knew it because I had worked there, so I reached out and we got the venue. So I mean, there's some, again, there's a lot of like, throughout this whole path, there's a lot of really good timing. Yeah, for sure. great timing, synchronicities, <clears throat> these types of things. Right. And even like all the way to your yeah. fiance. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That breakup, you know. Okay, so then, but then now, you know, once you're doing all of the, you know, the five, your five, you're like, this is complicated. You have to, you have to do, um, you file an LLC, you have to find this location, you have to um, get the right permitting, you have to design a menu, you have to figure out where you're sourcing ingredients from. It has yeah. to be a really good location that is gonna get you foot traffic. You have to design your website and your social accounts. I mean, this is like, Big stuff. You have to do the systems right. design yeah. side of things. So the the thing is, like to the point about, I, we talked about rapid prototyping before. Like, we figured out what we needed to have, what shit we had to have together before we started, and what we could figure out after. And, and it was enduring. it was enduring, and yeah. it was just that simple. Like, Mark had an Instagram <laughs> account called Square Pie Guy. We needed a name. I was like, I like Square Pie Guys because there's two of us now. Mark was like, that was it, that was That's easy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we had a location because Mark was doing a round pie pop-up. But you know what, we found, I think, when we, we did a night or like a week of research where we found seven or eight other venues that would have had the exact same setup as we had at Vinyl in a heartbeat. Yeah. Cool. It's harder, it's really hard to run a restaurant in the city. There's a lot of places yeah. whose liquor licenses require them to have a restaurant. And so anything they can do to outsource it, those owners are yeah, happy do to it. do it. Yeah. So it, I would say no one should ever have a problem in the city trying to find a restaurant. Whether or not it'll have the right foot traffic or the right buzz, right. people are gonna come there, yeah. that's another conversation. Yeah, Vinyl happened to be like Divis. On Divis, right, yeah, it's like the highest area, place. It's really yeah. blown up yeah. now, yeah. But, but it was, yeah. But to your, I mean, I, I had, I had my original Instagram, it still exists, PizzaMan420, which is a, lo a long, silly Wait. story, it's just like a joke. And that kind of blew up. And then all my friends, when I was post pictures of like square pizzas, when I was making, I was making Detroit style. I'd like someone hired me to do a wedding that I did Detroit style for. I had another pop up through a company called Feastly I did Detroit style for. Cause I was always like, this has to be the next thing. Cause everyone, all the pizzerias in the city essentially do the same style of like really nice individual sized pies. Like all, Neo Neapolitan. Right, in, a, yeah. in like a deck oven. Um, they all yeah. do the same kind of pies. So I was like, if we're gonna start a business, like my pop-up that I was doing was, was decently successful, but if it was ever gonna be anything bigger, to your point, like we had to differentiate and I knew yep. that this would be the one. So I was doing that and then I would make these pizzas and people would be like, what are these square pies? And I was like, okay, I'll make another Instagram just to satisfy my annoying friends who are like, you can't put square pizza on Pizza Man. So then I got Square yeah. Pie Guy. It was like, it's like such a, you know, it wasn't that much like prior thought, it was just I like, read it on the website that it used to be in Detroit, they used to hold the automotive parts with the square yeah. pans yeah. and then can, that's where the square pizza It, it all goes back to from. Sicily. Yeah, really. so there's Sicily a big too. Sicilian population in Detroit, they saw these pans. Interesting. Yeah. Whoa, Yeah. interesting. Yeah. Okay, and then, all right, so now let's get into um, what, you know, take us more closer towards like launch date yeah. and all this type of stuff, yeah. So, we were planning, we opened an LLC, we did like a pizza tour of the East Bay on bikes. 
we did some chatting about what a restaurant would be. And then Mark made dough on a Tuesday and I showed up on a Thursday with another buddy of ours and cooked pizza because he was going to Italy for a wedding. And then we did that and I think we sold like 18 pies one night and 20 or something. It wasn't a lot, but it was close to, I think, what some of the best nights Mark had done yeah. as a round pie pop-up. And some mm. of that was likely like carryover from people who were like ju just catching on to his pop-up. Um, and then the next week I was out of town. So Mark ran it without me. I was in Seattle and it was like an even bigger night. And then I came back and I think the first night together was like the end of September. We sold out. Like we didn't have enough yeah. pants to keep up with demand. And we just like, I don't know, you know, Instagram is a platform like totally. that's kind of what designed is, for. What is yeah, yeah, yeah. what is that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you guys got a lot of tags on your posts and people can search by those tags. Right. And, yep. Yeah. But it's also just like, it's a visual platform pizza you eat with your eyes. Like it's you like- You eat with your eyes. They're like, ma know. it's like yeah. a perfect marriage, yeah. you know? And it, it looks out. different. It looks yeah. very different from any other pizza. It does, it looks super different than yeah. the other pizzas. So you guys are getting a lot of incoming traffic from Instagram. Yeah, that's for huge. Sure. That's huge. For sure. Yeah, people posting about it. Yeah, and mm -hmm. um, and getting other people to come to the brick and mortar. Look, and and I, it I, creates hype too. Like it creates this idea of like like anyone can post a picture of the like hundreds of like neo Neapolitan pies in the city, and it doesn't like you don't feel like you're missing out because you can get it at the place on your. Next yeah, block. thanks for pulling this up, Ronnie. Yeah, the Instagram is on fire. You guys are just crushing it. I think you're at like over like 6,000 followers or something. Yes, we're about to hit 5,000. Five, 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 five I don't watch it like every second every day, I swear. Yeah, you guys are crushing it. Um, well, that's a good picture. Just great, yeah, great. That's David Box picture. So, okay, so yeah, so yeah, so also, yeah, closer to, yeah, so that's that's the little location. The address again is 116. 1077. 1077 Mission Street. 1077 Mission Street. Okay, so then yeah, so how does how does it get all the way to the um, opening? I mean, the store? like so, the pop up was going really well. We we I used to also do like breweries, so we would go to different breweries with the pop up. We just kind of brought all around the city, and it just kept building this momentum. Yeah, and basically. Danny is the systems guy, and he kept building different systems to accommodate that new demand. We kept ordering more and more pans, but we always sort of knew like around. I mean, we started in September. We always do. We wanted a restaurant. Okay, October, November got really busy, and then like December, we had bought more pans, and then immediately started selling out of those pans. And we were like, "Man, it's like I think it's time." And nice. Danny started looking on Craigslist yeah. at different like because Craigslist is just a treasure trove of what's around. So there was places available. We started looking at different locations, and it was it was interesting because initially, just like almost anything you do, and you like when you're putting yourself out there, the first couple we looked at were shitholes and asking for a crazy amount of money. And it needed a lot of work. Right, so we they were, were like, like, it's 100,000 to get in the door, but you need to extend the hood. We're like, oh, Which okay. could cost. Another 85. Right, yeah. so like, so, we, were, yeah. Yeah, we were like, oh, we're never gonna do this. You know, like, we're, how are we gonna get the funding? I mean, we had some ideas about how we get investors and like how much we thought we could raise, but you never know. And like, we had a couple, I have a friend who is like, done really well in the tech world who told us we could like raise $2 million and we were like, whoa, and we wasted a month like trying to sell ourselves as, as like a tech company that got nowhere right. and everyone's like, you're in a basically unproven restaurant and you're asking how much at what valuation? And, was, and we had a nuts. conversation and like, I think there was like, they were like, this slide has to say this. And I was like, Mark, like we're not that. Like yeah. why should we put that on that <laughs> yeah. fucking right, slide? Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and, but it sucked cause like two million is a sexy amount of money to raise for your first business. Sure, yeah. 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 But um, I mean, yeah, we just kept 
all the while we were still just doing the pop-up like building that's that a really following. important lesson actually for yeah. those listening is that not everything is something to get venture angel funding totally um, right. especially when you're already having this slow proven record just keep right. going on that yeah. slow pace and then you'll prove yourself like you're doing yeah and right i'll now. tell you something else but, I mean, you know some of the investors that we have are people that we have not we've barely known for a year. They were customers of the pop-up that yeah. saw our passion, saw how we interacted, loved the food, and we're, we're like, hey, I want to bet in these two guys. They're first-time investors. Would not call That's them awesome. angel or you know. These what are mean? like you did a micro seed round. Yeah, essentially. Yeah. I mean, yeah. of I like what, like hundred thousand-ish, four hundred thousand. Yeah. Wow, and that was enough to get the foot in the door into this. Yeah, into I mean, this yeah. storefront. Restaurants okay. are expensive. Like, yeah. So that was enough to bridge you into the foot in the door of the, of the yeah. And mm-hmm. so what is, what is rent at locations like? To, you guys have what? Do you guys have like a 800 square feet? No. Is it, no. A thousand? 2,500. Oh my gosh. You guys yeah. have but way we're more paying, than I thought. We're paying well, because well, it's like the second floor. Oh, yes, the second we're paying floor. 280 yeah. a square foot. 280 so, a square foot. Yeah. Is that, and is that like? 250. Is that anyway, too big? Yeah. Is that's like pretty high, or no? no that's pretty that's good. like dirt cheap for San Francisco. Dirt cheap for SF. Okay. For all for that, yeah. For yeah, that, for that, yeah, for yeah, that yeah. area. Yeah. Okay, and then so then you guys also had to do an interior design as well, or did it come pretty well? Well, like that's that's part of this. Like to your point, there's a lot of community behind us. Like yeah, I, my very first pop up, going back to the our mutual friend, his coworker, the guy I grew up with. We my after I asked him to open a restaurant, he told me to go work in a restaurant. I bought this little pizza oven and you put like these tiny wood chips in it. It's like a shitty metal box, but it can make like a real, a real pizza. It can't make, it can't make 20 of them in a row because it loses heat, but it can make like one. So I was like, this is good enough. I called up a bar in Oakland where I lived in Berkeley at the time and they like let me do a pop-up there. And one of the girls, one of the, someone, a customer, this, this wonderful uh, woman, Haley, met me. She loves pizza. She Shout has a- Shout out, she, What up, Haley? Um, has a cool story herself, um, and just like chatting me up at that pop-up, like pop-up number one, July, I think it was like July 17th, 2017. Fast forward to now, we've been friends, she's come and seen Square Pie Guys. She she's massaged seen, with us a couple of yeah, she, she worked, worked like with for us. a shift for free. And um, she has a, she's an architect, has a design firm, hadn't done a restaurant, asked if we could like work out a deal where they did our design and like on trade for some pizza and some money and like, there you go. Awesome. So yeah. like the synchronicities. Yeah. It's and, a, and she hooked us up with a builder she worked with yep. who could do fast work. Like we were literally like, they were like going to cut wood and we're like measuring. Yeah. You had to get a massive pizza oven though. We had to get an oven. Yeah. And that's mm-hmm. an expensive. It was cost. expensive. Um, Those yeah. are like what? 50K? It was half that. It was 25. 25. Yeah. Okay. It was, okay. if we got a bigger oven, it could have gone up to 35 yeah. total for all three. Wow. Okay. Um, and we financed it. Yeah. It's a big chunk of change every month to come out of the bank account, but it's a bigger chunk of change to take out of your business. Yeah. Right. And cash flow is hardest in the first couple months of a restaurant. So, yeah, right. so now how, how is that happening then? So you guys get all these pieces together for the inside. How do you, how do you know what, where you're going to be sourcing your food from, from for the pizzas? And how do you have designed a menu that is adequate enough? How did you figure out how much a pie costs? Uh, to yeah, to compensate for the cost of it, plus also give you guys enough money to actually yeah, right. yeah grow as a business. I mean, art, art and science, right? Yeah. Like I think yeah. a lot of it was like some of it was obvious, like like even little things like an oil pickup service. Like we inherited a fryer when we took over the space, and I wanted the oil to go away, but we didn't have an oil pickup service. 
So I set up an oil service. And then we were like, shit, we gotta clean this fryer. Do we need towels? Like, let's get a towel. And it was like, then it was bigger things. Like, we kind of worked backwards, right? Like we took over a space that was operational. If we had, in the window of time between when we signed the lease and when the prior owner took all of his equipment out, we could have literally gotten permitted to be open with different equipment than we were planning to open with. Just yeah. like basically kind of like pulled the wool over the eyes of the city and had a restaurant that was like a, a turnkey restaurant yeah. where the fire department would give us a check off, the health department would give us a check off before we ever did anything else, before we even took possession of the building. But we wanted to do it right. And so then it was like a, a, a work backward list of like, we need the fire, we need a health department permit to open. That's like the last permit. We need the fire check off to get the health permit. We need the Damn. oven to be installed. Yeah. To test our recipes and our, our menu Damn, thoughts. Yeah. But like, so, just to be fair, I don't know if you're not giving yourself credit on purpose, like you have a pretty deep background in doing yeah. exactly I mean, what I, you I, I project managed the open. Yeah. To yeah. some, I mean, we yeah. open. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're open now. <laughs> We're open. Yeah. No, but Danny wrote like this incredible menu brief. I mean, we all, we had theories. I mean, like I, yeah. again, going back to Instagram, it's, you see that what's the rest of the country is doing in terms of the type of food that you want to sell. So, like this place does that, that place does this. Could we do a uh, chicken cut, like kind of like right. the place I grew up with at home? Could we do a burger like this? You know, it's like, and you take it and you riff on it, just like any like art. You take, oh, this guy has this kind of rap. What about with this beat and, and this artist? And, like, mm -hmm. you just kind of make those things in your mind and you try it and you put them out in the world. And See if they're good, does, yeah. they're but then good. it's like, it's like the commercializ commercialization, right? So, like, IDEO is a huge name in the Bay Area. Yeah. They have like a, an innovation pipeline. I think I've worked for three companies that now that use something similar. Mm. And so we started with a hypothesis. We figure out a way to like partially. How, how might we? Yeah, how might we? Don't, That's the don't idea. say that. Yeah. I'm on an NDA. No, just yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, right. Like how might we? And then we like, we did kind of some rapid prototyping of the, of the products. We brought in ingredients. Like we ordered a lot of food from our vendors. Some of them we already had in place from the pop-up. From the pop-up, right. Other ones okay. we knew. And who are the sources local for food? So the restaurant world, there's like the mom and pop restaurants who buy from like Cash and Carry, Restaurant Depot, and you know, maybe a local corner store. There's like the huge like vertically integrated like hotels have buying, negotiated buying agreements with like Cisco Food Services of America. Yep. And then there's like the chef-driven restaurants that use a mixture of vendors. So we're two doors over from Birdsong and they buy from all three major produce vendors in the city. They buy from Buy Right Food Service, which is yeah. like kind of like paper goods. Not the same as Buy Right, the, the grocery store. Same company though. Oh, really? They're completely distinct. Interesting. Not yeah. even at all related? Not at all related. What? Byright is like a term that was used. Like there's a Byright Liquors in like um, Ocean Beach that is not related to them either. Huh. It was just a term that was a popular in the Bay Area. So you have to get a source for everything from the from the actual packaging all the way to <laughs> the actual yeah. dough and yeah. yeah. Did you just laugh at packaging? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Our pie guys, we're not twelve. <laughs> no, I was just laughing because it took, we got these from trying to like 
Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Thirteen weeks ago. We, we, like like before we, before our lease yes, was, came yes. before our lease was finalized. Oh I signed a contract saying that we would buy eight thousand dollars worth of these boxes. Yeah. And we kicked off a, a design sprint. Yeah. Holy crap. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. And then, yeah, <laughs> but it was fucking cool. It was like we were like we're gonna open June fifteenth, and they were like pizza boxes will be here June twenty seventh. We're like I guess we're gonna open June twenty seventh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, they came all the way from China on a barge. Yeah. It's crazy, yeah. So to your okay. point about yeah. sourcing, the one thing that I love about the restaurant industry is there's someone whose job it is to sell you something at the right price for you and for them. Yeah. So like with this pizza yeah. box, like we buy from a paper distributor and they also sell us like gloves and garbage bags. And Got it. Like they sell like 170 count cases of tampons because restaurants need tampons because, you know, guests. Yeah, yeah. Our people. Using the bathroom, yeah. Yeah. Um, and so this the sales rep was like, what's going to be your usage? What can you agree to pay for? Yeah. What's it need to look like? And then he shops it around to every vendor he has. Interesting. And then okay. he was like, he came back and he's like, overseas is going to be the best price. It's going to take three months to get here. Damn. And they're yeah. not going to they're not gonna fix it if, they, if you don't like how they do it. Right. And thankfully... Danny has a good friend who's an awesome designer. We gave yep. her the logo. We told her what we wanted. She put it yeah. together, and they're they're fucking cool. They're fucking really awesome cool. boxes. Yeah. They're yeah. really cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So now, now we talk about the actual pieces themselves because this is how you source ingredients. This is how you get the actual box. So this is now this is a this is a single serving pizza for one per or maybe two people yeah. to share this I how mean, many is total you, people you could eat it yourself i i this think is we a six slice yeah how many oh it's a four slice we oh, cut it we into cut six, six for you guys we're sharing with our friends okay, so yeah. normally it comes in normally normally this box comes in uh four slice yes. okay got it okay and then now i get the bacon grease through <laughs> yeah it is <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oh, so this is bacon and... Just like a cheese pie with bacon. Cheese pie with bacon. Yeah. Okay, and then this is... Uh, so one to two depends on... Yeah, if most... someone's of, really hungry... We or, sell like a lot of like, you know, couples would come into the pop-up in the restaurant, they split one, maybe have a side. Yeah, a salad, yeah. Yeah. And then the, um, the cost yeah. for a single pie like this. We start at 16, 16 yeah. for a cheese or a build your own. Cheese or build your own. Yeah. With a couple ingredients. Like build your own is a, it, the included price is like one topping. One topping. Okay. Yeah. And then each additional topping is another buck or something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think our top high is at 23 right now. Yeah. Because okay. seasonal pizza, local ingredients. 22. 22. A lot, yeah. of, lot okay. of labor on it as well. Yeah. So yeah. we include labor in our pricing model because it's the Bay Area. Yeah. And this is one of your more um, simple pies which is just a single ingredient on a cheese pie yeah. yeah but it's still very interesting that the crust is the most unique crust i think i've ever had which is that you sprinkle cheddar around the outside of the of the pan yeah well it's like we the the pan itself is kind of like sort of the depth of the walls of that of that box in a way if you if you could visualize that and the dough sits down in the middle of it and instead of like topping it and leaving an edge like a round pie where the crust is gonna rise, you cover that with cheese. And as that dough rises in the oven, it pushes out onto the hot wall and essentially like fries the cheese in that yep. wall. Yep. And, and the, the, the fat splits out of the cheese, rolls down to the bottom of the pan, yeah. and the dough and gets crispier. crispier. Yeah. 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 So it's like crispy, Very light, unique, crunchy. Yeah. It's like all those things in, it's like every style of pizza 
in one bite kind of yep. to me. That's how I feel. And about so it. again, this is one of the more um, just you know cheese pie with bacon. There's gonna there's okay. Let's see what else you guys brought. Yeah, it's like Christmas. It's Christmas. Unless you have celiac. So this is like this is our top seller. This top is kind seller's of top seller's pep. Yeah, and I think this probably is the one that likely helps us the most on Instagram, may, may be in competition with the ones we do like really cool sauce drizzles we on. We do a lot of drizzles. We yeah. do a lot of drizzles. We, I mean, a lot of the stuff we do is intentional for for the for Instagram, yeah, for the photos. Want, like, our, like, I think the nice thing about this pie is like, you can make them all look really fucking cool. Yeah. You have a lot more control, I think. But like, I, so I grew up and most places had like flat, greasy pepperoni. And every now and then, and then I would go to a place that had this like delicious coupling pepperoni, which is like a pepperoni with a natural casing. And as it heats, it curls up and like traps all the grease in there. Yeah, yeah and it's yeah, super, yeah. it's super good. It's also like really visually stunning too. And you get these like essentially pepperoni cups. Pepperoni cups, which yeah. Instagram loves. Instagram the internet, loves sharing. Yeah, like so much of modern food. I mean, the Detroit style pizza too is a facet of the internet. Like yeah, in Detroit, it's not Detroit style pizza. It's just square pizza or pizza. It's just pizza, yeah. And so like that in and of itself, I think, is a big part of. Yeah. Of like why we're here today. Yeah. This is probably like, Damn. this This pie's been on our menu that's, since that's the beginning. That's stalwart, yeah. But it's like, it's like our California. In a way, I guess it is, it's not really California, but it's like, yeah. the, what, just what, the idea of broccoli on a pizza. Is broccoli on a like pizza. With, broccoli. What, what is it? Is, is it Italian sausage? Is the Italian part? sausage, roast. We used to roast the broccoli, now we marinate it and it roasts okay. on its own in our oven because our oven's a little different. And Chili flake, the, garlic oh, ricotta cream, and then it gets finished with garlic spicy Garlic ricotta yeah. cream. Yeah, yeah wow. so like, oh, again, this is another thing yeah. where I'm like, I don't know if, if pizzerias don't do it here or what, but a lot of, some places I've worked at do like cream with a bunch of different cheeses in the cream, and they'll spread that in the pie, and that'll be their white sauce. It's like Alfredo sauce. Yeah. Like, yeah. And, let's, yeah. and let's do the last puppy, too, and then we'll take a taste, too. This is one that's not really on our menu, but I just kind of made it for you guys. So it's vodka sauce Ooh. with chorizo. With chorizo. I think yeah. I tried this one when we were yeah, yeah. over. Yeah, yeah. Vodka sauce. So these are the unique combinations that we're talking about. Yeah. You guys are basically running combinatorics all over your pizza. Sure. We talk about that a lot. We talk about that a lot. Like, how can you be the most unique pizza? Yeah, period. All right. <laughs> that, was a, that was a joke because I don't think I knew that was a word. Yeah, me neither. Yeah. <laughs> combinatorics is a freaking cool word. Yeah, yeah. No, Mark's going to be pissed because I'm never going to stop saying it. Here you go. Com com the combinator. Pizza time. Pizza time. Do you guys, do you guys um, eat every single you know, day? Do you guys eat Ronnie? Pizza? Um, we're actively trying to eat, try less to pizza. eat less pizza. But it's hard because we're also like trying to test our recipes yeah. and figure oh, things out. You're super welcome. Ron's excited. Ron's, Ron's, Ron's very excited. This is today's yeah, you want a well, Do you want a crust piece? Here. No, I don't know that's flavor. Which, oh, you want another? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Take a bite at a time. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, the Cali style. Yep, that one. And another one from the other yeah, one? Yeah, yeah. Sure, sure <laughs> up, sure up. Nom, 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 nom. Take one, two. And then let's throw. Which one do you want? You want the, he wants the bacon? Cheese, yeah, cheese and bacon. You want yeah, the bacon? He wants the cheese and bacon. Ron yeah, yeah. figured Ron, Ron was more on the bacon, on the bacon side of things. Yeah. <laughs> Always Which one do you want? The middle one? You want the middle one? Please. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. You're the best. You're welcome. Bon appetit. Bon appetit, yes. everyone. So, yeah, one of my favorite parts about eating your pizza was that it was unique 
it was a different experience. I saw different toppings. I saw a different crust. I saw it in the form of a square. You know, the, these are the, you know, the more uniqueness. Yep. Yeah, the more separate, yeah. Mmm. I mean, the nice thing is we get to have a lot of fun, too. Out of the hill. Like, one of our, like, I think our second best seller right now is the Summer Elote Corn, which I put on the brief and then Mark just fucking nailed during development, which is like local corn, ricotta cream, taco seasoning, cotija, some, like, chopped... Um, cherry I mean, tomatoes. This is like elote. It's an elote Raw on yeah. pizza. With, with tomatoes yeah, to yeah. for some acid. Thank you, sir. Mark? Mm-hmm. Napkins. Thank you. Yep. And so then, how does it work then with with your, like, get, walk us through, like, the, the actual, like, the chain for the, for the, for the chefs. So you have all of your, actually even let's take one step before that, that part. You have to actually come in, like you have, right now you're four to 10 p.m. on uh, Tuesday, Tuesday through Saturday. Through Saturday. <clears throat> and then Sunday you're off, but Monday you have to do all your prep for starting mm -hmm. Tuesday. So what Keep is it? Mind, we've done this twice now, technically. Right. So how is that like then, basically you have to come in and make all the dough, prep all the ingredients, yeah. et cetera. Yeah, so tell us about that process. So, I mean, it's not easy also because we're also like building our team. So we're doing this as we hire people. As you hire training. people. Like training is happening in stream with running the restaurant. Like it's not right. like we pause to be like, you're now certified yeah. to work here. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, and simultaneously, we're building a lot of the backend systems like inventory, like ordering, like prep lists, like training materials, like what a prep schedule should look like. Um, last Monday, we came in and had to prep literally everything from scratch because we'd done Soft launches the week prior, but pretty much everything we threw out on Thursday. So we came in Monday and made a lot of food. Yeah. And then on Tuesday, same thing. Fortunate enough that there's a couple sauces we made like Saturday that are still gonna be good on Saturday, on Tuesday, still gonna be delicious and fresh. Um, so this, today was a lot of like doing a lot of, we, we, sold, we sold out of chicken wings in one night on Thursday. We sold all of our chicken wings, we got more in on Thursday, sold out of them. Yeah. So, we brought in a lot more this time. Yeah. Oh my God. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Beach is so good. <laughs> and, uh, but basically, we. <laughs> I, I really yeah, he's <laughs> such a character. It's so you true. Should though. Ron. You should be like, so Ron. Yeah. <laughs> I, I want Ron to do backup vocals on all yeah. of our Instagram videos. That's <laughs> right. It's all your pizza, the best pizza in the world. Yeah. It's Square Pizza Guys. Mm. It's conveniently located south of Market. Mm -hmm. Square Pie Guys. That's fine. <laughs> I like square pizza. Yeah, you're changing the company now. I messed it up. No, it's all right. Ron. No, no, no. It's it's Ron, Ron, Ron. I like it. Okay. No. Um, How this is falling apart so beautiful. Just the separation here when you pull it apart. Mm. It looks good. The fluffiness of the dough. Yep. The beauty so, of the melted cheese right on top of it. Just the, <laughs> I know oh. we're we're both just pitching. Hard I love it. Pitching, yeah. I appreciate oh. it. Um, no, please continue. I'm turned on. Yeah, I'm turned on. This part, this part's complicated. So, so then, how how long does the dough? How many days do you get with the dough that you make? And then, how many days do you get with the sauce that you make? Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, to, to be honest, some of those things we're sort of learning. Like, there's obviously standards for certain things that expire, but like, 
but also we're selling. I mean, right. we don't have issues with like how long can we get this to last. It's like how quickly can we make it? Yeah. Like we like for instance like we used to make. Well, how quickly can you make dough? Right. That's you have to wait. Right. We're we're working on that. I mean, yeah. we, well, like we've there's so there's like strides. there's a lot of levers to play with, right? There's temperature. There's a percentage of yeast. There's like when you whether you let it all sit together as one pile of dough, whether you portion it into the pans and let it rise like that, and those are variables that. I didn't necessarily think we'd still be playing with, but it makes sense now in hindsight because obviously at the pop-up, for example, we made, I used to make the dough in the basement of vinyl, which is illegal, so don't tell anybody. But, um, <laughs> but then we made it in the basement of another bar, but, which was slightly more mm -hmm. legal. But yeah, but it was like at least yeah, the yeah. proper equipment and like a sink and whatnot. Mm -hmm. um, oh, yeah, yeah. But you know, I, we would make the dough, it would sit in the fridge for a couple days and ferment in a, in a different way than we're doing it now. And then we would put it in, I'd take it and put it in my car and drive it to vinyl and it would like rise that day oh at room temperature. Yeah, yeah. So like there was, those variables worked for that. We took that same recipe over to here and it was different. So we just kind of <clears throat> had to learn from our new setting. Okay, and then in terms of like actually having dough that's on the line ready to go. So what do you do? You have the little kind of like dough balls and then you take the dough balls and you turn that into, you kind of push that into the square yep. pan. You have to. That happen, That happens like that happens during the process. You make, <clears throat> so, you make the dough. Yeah, you get the order. No, no. You get the order, and the pan is ready to be cheesed. Yes. Okay. So, oh, got it. So the doughs. Oh, you have the dough in the pan. Yeah. So the big difference between and you don't cheese the dough before you get the order. We've the, done that. We, we have. We've, we've played with that. We could. It doesn't that. save that much time. Yeah, that's a and fast one. You have higher chance. I mean, at the pop-up, at least, when we didn't sell out, I was like, well, we just threw away like- Right, we have all these doughs that are- right. so much Is this shit. like an olive oil on bottom? <clears throat> a very small amount. A little bit. Oh, a small amount, okay. And then you dough the pans, and those are kind of stacked, ready to <laughs> ready for order. They have lids that nest. Yeah. Lids that nest, and you put them in the fridge, and then they're refrigerated. Okay, so yep. the order comes in, you take it out, I'm on the line. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, and I read that, that it's, uh, let's do, um, what was the one that we tried that had- um, El Pugilista, that one? It had like I think it had a grated Parmesan on top with the. It's probably the cheese. With um, basil oh, the spicy Ellen with the with the vodka sauce. Uh, it might have, yeah, it might have been yeah, that yeah. one. Yeah, yeah, and um, there was some green on it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Basil. basil. Yeah. Yeah. So we chop okay. basil. Traditionally, you yeah. either like chiffonade basil or tear it. We do kind of like little. Dices. So let's take a more complicated pie like that. We'll go. Okay. So we have a pie like that, and now I have a. I have, I'm, by, by training, I've already made a bunch of these before, but you still have the list up of like yeah. the ingredients of how to make it. Yep. Okay, so what am I, I'm putting on the cheddar all around the crust first. Yep. Mm -hmm. Okay. Then your sauce. sauce goes down. So and then sauces and, and squeeze bottles. Sauces and squeeze bottles, and this is everything from like a marinara to a vodka sauce. We, to we a vodka three. sauce. Yeah. We do vodka sauce, the ricotta cream, the ricotta ricotta cream, cream, and then yeah. our classic red sauce. And yeah. classic red. And then those are made in house. <clears throat> all yep. in house. And all by house. the way, one thing that I always find interesting when I talk, people are like, well, like, oh, how does your sauce taste so good? Or like, how do you cook it or whatever? Like with pizza, it's just raw tomatoes. Like they're canned tomatoes, a company called Bianca Di Napoli yeah. that grow them up north. They're super delicious, organic. And we just blend them together with oregano and salt and that's it. And they Blended cook. with oregano and salt and then cooked. Correct. No. Cooked on the pizza. On the pizza. They're, cooked on the pizza, so not pre So yeah, the canning okay, process cool. partially cooks them. So right. like they're steamed to peel them, and then they're put into cans with juice. And there is some yep. cooking there, yep. but they're still very fresh because right. they're essentially hermetically sealed right. at that point. Okay, and then, so then <clears throat> sauce it first. Yep, yep. Okay. cheese. And mozzarella, then, mozzarella so cheddar cheese. first. Cheddar for you. Then sauce, sauce. then mozzarella. mozzarella. 
Okay. There's one ingredient that we put under the cheese right now, which is kale. Because kale is getting too dark in the Where it would be like cheddar sauce, kale, then got mozzarella. It. Yeah. Got it, got yeah. it. Okay. Because, yeah, that's the thing about putting greens on top of pizzas is that you want it to um, be baked a little bit less than... So, depending so on the green. In our, uh, yeah, and yeah. depending on the oven. Right. Like you, couldn't, you could never <clears throat> bake arugula on a pizza. Like, that's a mistake. Tip shit. <laughs> yeah, for all those that still want to try the combinatorics, maybe they can figure out how to get arugula. Yeah, let, let me know. Arugula is dead. Let the square pie guys know if you figure that one yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, and then so then I'm layering then the other ingredients after. Yep. After yeah. that, after the mozzarella. Okay, and then and then once that once all those ingredients are on it, then I'm putting it in the oven. And in my, is are these ovens that kind of roll and cook? Yeah. Okay. So yeah. well, now, what's the difference between the roll and cook ovens versus the I'm gonna open this flat, put it in there? Um, the biggest difference is that the heat Tell source him, comes from a. <laughs> <laughs> it really comes down to like in the open the door oven, which is a deck oven. Heat transfers from a really hot piece of metal or stone to the pan or to the crust. Right. Um, whereas on a rolling oven, hot air, like convection, forced convection air, transfers heat. So you get a very different style of bake. Fortunately, for Detroit-style pizza, which is only baked in a pan, the differential in pizza properties is not as large as, for instance, like you couldn't make a Pizza Hacker-style pizza in a conveyor belt oven. That can. pizza project that I did when Mark and I first started working on this, we were trying to figure out how to make New York style, or how to make like thin crust neo Neapolitan style pizza in a conveyor belt. And that can't happen. You can't make Neapolitan style pizza. I've never seen it, but it's very hard. We it's got way close. harder. We got okay. close because yeah. there are some pretty incredible pans that were designed to achieve that. Interesting. But it actually turned out that the, the issue there was that that company was building a style of pizza that required a different level of skill than would be needed to make the type of dough that could perform that right. way in that oven. So it's not impossible, but for that business, it wasn't the right fit. And these are, I mean, you're cooking these fast, these pies. Yeah, pretty cooking. For the style. How fast are we cooking a pie? Nine and a half minutes. Yeah. Nine and a half minutes. For the style, for the, for the style. style. Right, a pan pizza, Yeah. it generally cooks longer. Yeah. Like a, the pizza, he saw Pizza Hacker, these places, that's in there for like two, three minutes tops. Two, three minutes. Yeah, because they're very for thin crust. Right. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. And that okay. deck is just transferring massive amounts of heat to what's essentially like a liquid. Right. Like dough is like a liquid. It's like water and flour. And so the second yes, it hits yes. that, it starts oh, cooking. You're getting yeah. people their pizzas in under 15 minutes. Yeah. Is your, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yep. yeah, exactly. And that's why it's, you know, fast casual style. So then um, what's the um, oven set at? Like. 450 Fahrenheit is it 550. Five, see 550. So it is hot because it's cooking fast. Yeah. And then um, is, is it then are there covers on the sides or like are the is the line getting a little bit of heat? From oh, you're, the, you're definitely getting a little bit. You're of getting, getting yeah. heat. Yeah. You're, yeah. I mean, we're sweating while Our, we're cooking. So yeah. we have an exhausted. It's required by law. It has a, an air recirc, so it pulls hot air up the hood, and then it's theoretically pulling cool air from outside, pushing it down. Oh, yeah. To to displace the air that's coming Interesting. out. Interesting. Um, so it's pull, so it's pulling hot air, pushing cold air right. in, yeah, helping you guys out. Okay, yeah. pulling hot air and like grease and fumes and stuff. And like grease that. and fumes, no. yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. So then when the um, now now this is yeah, I guess this is a question that um, it isn't. We talked about this a little bit before, but it doesn't make 
it's hard to know this. Is there ever a time where you gotta pull the pizza out and then add an ingredient onto it that only needs to cook for two or three minutes instead of the whole nine? We didn't, we didn't do that. Yeah, we intentionally. Yeah, it's because that adds complication. It's harder. Yeah. Yeah, so like every one of the reasons we chose this style of pizza is because you can still achieve this like awesome product that has a lot of like the oh this is like took a lot of work, but it, which it, of course it does, but it's like some places where they crack an egg on it or you spin it a hundred times yeah. like those things. Do what? Might do the egg for brunch. Yeah, but yeah. let's that's like, an interesting one. But, egg, but those yeah. things like require a lot of expertise and skill, and that's the thing. Like before, when we were talking about the dough process, and you're like, okay, yeah. you take it out and you push it out in the pan, then you put it in the oven. Like, no, like or, or, all these yeah. places where they're stretching pizza, someone has to know how to stretch pizza. Which yeah. sure, uh, thousands of people work in pizzerias every every year, and they learn how. But it's a skill. It's a skill that needs to be done right. And like, that's right. Yeah. And there's a there's a steep learning curve. Yeah. Our, our our pizza has a lower learning curve at almost every level of the production. Right. Yeah. yeah. Hey guys, Carlo, who's uh, watching, wants to know um, if there's anything specific about your square pizza that's different from the other square pieces in the Bay Area. Yeah. Yeah. Ours well, is better. I, I, yeah, yeah. Specifics. I, well, I it's think, hard to know what other people are doing, but ours, the dough itself, the, the formula is like really high hydration, like a high percentage of water to flour, okay. which allows it to be that airy, sort of so like fluffy. Closer to focaccia. Yeah. Closer to focaccia style. Dough. You can tell when you, when I, when we're ripping that apart, that slice, that you can tell it, it has closer of a focaccia profile to right. it. Yeah. Um, I think higher hydration dough theoretically digests a little bit better because the gluten's better broken down. Mm. Uh, we also traditionally Detroit style pizza is one cheese, one kind of like base Wisconsin cheese, which is Wisconsin cheese. brick, which yeah. is a buttery mozzarella, somewhere in between yep. mozzarella and cheddar. We do cheddar on the outside, mozzarella on the inside. Um, no one else is doing that. To our knowledge, I guess. To our, yeah, yeah. Know. yeah. Okay. And then, oh, thanks I for the question. We your question, Carl. Yeah. flour. Thanks, thanks for the question. Delicious. Go over and give it a try. Yeah, give it a try. Um, and then, so then how about, like, okay, this part's also a little bit on the more complicated side, but then you have a, you know, you have a margin that you ha you have to make a margin in order uh, to be able to be profitable, like per sure. month, you know, per sure. month. And especially like, you know, per day, you also want to, you know, be turn profit. Yeah. These are very important things for you guys to be able to sustain yourselves, the people that are also working there to make people happy with purchasing the pizzas, all this type of stuff. So then how does one go through a process of like determining that? Like you have this amount of overhead costs, you can almost calculate it out per hour. You yeah. Know? Mm -hmm. That you have to be selling a certain amount of pizza pies per hour yeah. to break even. Your number of pies. It really keeps us up at night. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, sorry, I'm serious. We, it's trade off, we trade off who has the existential stress. stress. Yeah. One, one, you're Mark chill right now. I, I'm yeah. chill right now. Yeah, he's more chill than me right now. Mark had it for like two days last week, and it was, yeah, he was, I was like, dude, you gotta sleep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh. So the amount of pies per hour is what? Like, what's that number? You have our, to, you have, to have like 50? Is about 200 pizzas per night plus if. Like twenty percent of those okay, sales. Okay, two hundred per night. If twenty percent of those sales is in beer and wine, 
Okay, and there's yeah, a trickle right. effect with our other menu items. We'll hit profitability. Okay, yeah, the trickle effect. Interesting. Uh, See, you yeah. had all the nuance down. Right. I mean, you had look, all the nuance like down. If you're a VC trickle effect and we're pitching yeah. you like pies per hour, that's like a sexy metric. Yeah. But no business can be really simplified to a metric that small, especially something like the restaurant industry. Because there's yep. the beer and wine also. So you guys, did you yeah. guys get a carryover for that license yep. from yep. the previous? Yeah. People? So that's we that's got a actually. we got a sweetheart that's deal. Yeah. We yeah. had some incredible advices to like like look like. Someone was like, I think you guys opened your restaurant. Like, it sem- seems like faster than a lot of people open the restaurants. Well, I need to stress, pizza. We were super, <laughs> we were super fortunate that a lot of the hurdles that restaurateurs face to keep them from getting open were either already overcome, or mm-hmm. we had, like, I guess just like the two chill inspectors in the city. Sorry, city of San Francisco. Everyone's chill. You're all great. We're also, really we're great. up to par on all things. Yeah, I mean, also, I mean, also, we like did yeah. the research and like took their feedback and yep. responded in kind. Yep. You also hear like crazy stories of someone's like, "Why don't you have a hand sink here?" And then you're like. Because it's like an upstairs locker area where we just store flour, and they're like, there has to be a hand. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's crazy. Like, like, whatever. What a crazy story. Do you guys you, deliver? You yeah, we're going to get there. Yes, yes. Oh, Let, sure. Yeah, we're going to yeah. get there. Yeah. Okay. Um, that's we'll, we'll deliver that answer very soon. We'll deliver that answer <laughs> shortly. Yeah. But yeah, so, you know, we look, we talk more about product mix than like yeah. highs per hour. Look, I think if we can fit 800 doughs in our walk in right now, Okay. And we can fit another okay. 120 on the line. Yep. Yeah. Um, that would be like a That'd crazy be like lunch and dinner. profitable. Yeah, like, that would be lunch and dinner. I mean, yeah. more. I mean, yeah. like, we we have a spreadsheet that was sort of our like moderate level that would blow those projections yeah. out of the water. That would be an incredibly profitable business. So oh. about a pie a minute is like good rate of selling for you guys. That would put you guys at pretty good. Yes, but rate. keep in mind too, like it doesn't, it's not linear like that, right? It's not right. linear, yeah. There's like the three hours when people over eat. time, three hours when people eat. Yes. There's food and beverage sales. Yes. You called it a product mix. Yes. Yeah, so it's P mix. P mix is what it's called yeah. in, in the industry. I mean, so it doesn't what's your matter P-mix? what industry you are. P mix is, <laughs> yeah, is P-mix. literally just that. It's, it's like a great point. what you sell, what percentage of sales each is what. Is what. And then it also, it's like a cross matrix of how much it costs you produce that item. How much the overhead is for that item? How hard it is for your business to produce yeah, that right. item or keep it in stock? Right. You, you can actually have specific items that cost you money that aren't even that profitable that are like an ingredient on a pizza or something. Sure. Mm-hmm. And but versus they other do. items, yeah, that are <laughs> yeah. yeah that are some, m- some more are, profitable. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's not like it's crazy. Yeah. 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 To figure that out. Okay. Um, all right, now let's do um, both delivery and let's do. DiGiorno? Uh, DiGiorno. Crispy Crust? <laughs> hey, they listen. We launched the Detroit South Pizza. We need some sponsors. Crispy Crust or something. They need a simulation brought to you by <laughs> DiGiorno. Not yet, not yet. No sponsor. Y'all should reach out to simulationseries at gmail.com if you want that. If you want that plug. Y'all should look up the. Yeah. the Add for the crispy crust DiGiorno's because they like throw it on the table. Oh, with what's his uh, the guy from SNL? Oh, anyway, okay. So teach what's us. SNL? This is another another huge complicated part of food. The food business is figuring out if you're going to deliver or not. If you're going to deliver through a third party or if you're going to yeah. deliver yourselves. How you're going to handle the back end of processing yeah. that with drivers? Yeah. So, okay. I'll I'll kind of talk about opinions versus facts. I feel like um, just because. Like some people 
Is it, it's like a segment in a talk show. Like, opinions oh, versus facts. Mark Schechter uh, with opinions <laughs> versus facts. Opinions. You should put both socks on. Like, what? <laughs> facts. Your facts if you don't want <laughs> <laughs> um, I will Arnett. And <laughs> no, like, you know, the, it is a good question. It's a, a big debate. I mean, I think in this, specifically in a city like San Francisco or any, like, big metro area where there's high-rise buildings and people come home from work and sit down and turn on Netflix, you're you're missing out in a big way if you're not gonna do delivery or they don't have a plan to or don't have the ops to make that work. Mm-hmm. That That's a big deal. That's part of why we got this box designed for ourselves and because if it goes to someone's house and let's say you go to your friend's house and you see this awesome box, what's that pizza? It's recognizable, it ties back to the brand. Like those things are all thought out. Um, and I, I also think that competition leads to better pricing. So there's all these different competitors in that space. We just kind of waited and waited to find the right company that would negotiate with us on the, on the rates. Like there's a big discussion in the restaurant industry about third party delivery and how they're like hurting restaurants and not helping them. And it's just kind of like Groupon yeah. 10 years ago. Everyone loved Groupon for a minute. Yeah, yeah. And then Groupon like blew companies out of the water because they weren't ready to handle the ops that that, yeah. that kind of deal would give somebody, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So now these these businesses, Uber Eats and Postmates, et cetera, they're like, we're gonna bring you ex- this much revenue and this and that. And it's like, cool, I, we, could revenue, tr- we could right, we can turn them all on, but what's the associated cost? And you know, we're lucky enough to have networked and met people who could introduce us to, to the right people within those companies and we're able to work out a pretty good deal with one of their providers and we'll be doing it starting in August, but we so could not handling it yourselves, no. not doing delivery. So, That's a big deal for a company or a, a restaurant to try and do delivery themselves versus use one of them. Okay. There's two. There's two types of restaurants that historically handle their own delivery: pizza, pizza yep. and Chinese food. Yep. Interesting. And yeah. nowadays, if you're launching a pizza restaurant, you could do your own delivery. There's plenty of like POS systems that are set up to help you with that. Blah blah, but. Our core competency is not logistics. Our right. core competency is creating an incredible experience and building a really good brand and making really good fucking food and like getting it to other people is someone else's job. Yeah. And we we think that people are willing we've seen in the marketplace that people are willing to pay some of a somewhat of a premium to have someone else handle that. Yep. So it'd be like a three dollar or, or something or five dollar for yeah, delivery at, for at our pop up, people yeah. were paying eight dollars to DoorDash. DoorDash put our without without our involvement. Right. DoorDash put, and, and we realize it like like I'm a price conscious dude. This is San Francisco. Like I feel like everything I knew about pricing, we're still learning a lot. Well, what's an, uh, not interesting side note is that people come in and say like the pizza is expensive. Which I mean, I get it. Like there's there's bargain pizza. There's all sorts of everything within the spectrum of foods you can buy. There's a whole range on every level, of course. Um, but, but it's yeah, nice people if are willing to pay for convenience. Have to commute from Stockton. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then what about on? And just a quick also thing. DoorDash today was under a little bit of. Oh yeah. Uh, what happened? Well, they're just still under a little bit of a of a um, magnifying lens. People are <clears throat> looking at the way that they're processing um, tips um, and paying. All, I mean, all of those drivers. services are. Yeah. It's it's yeah, kind of interesting is, to me. Yeah, because uh, how much of the, the tips are actually going to to the drivers when they're not cash um, versus when they? Do they? Know, I mean, do they? I mean, not to derail. It's a, it's a, it's a, see, but these are the complicated things. Like you guys want to make sure companies are not just profiting, profiteering for shareholders, but right. also that are yeah, all these types of things right. as a restaurant business. But here's the thing: sure. there's a strategic decision to be made in taking care of your people, which is that there are more yeah. restaurants than there ever have been and yep. it's really hard to keep good people and so whatever you can do as a business to make people happy to make your people happy to support them when 
it's so expensive to live in this bay. Like, yeah, make shareholders happy in the short term, but keep them happier in the long term and keep great people in keep your store. Keep great people in the store, yeah. yeah. And then what about corporate uh, corporate events? Yeah. yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. this we should have done this before we did our round of investment because we could have just played this video. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about your P mix. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Pies per hour. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we have a great location. Like we're we're right by so many Two huge offices. Twitter, there's, Airbnb. There's startups. Totally. I mean, also like a couple of our investors work at these companies. They're friends of ours. They My want they, works right. Yeah. They want to bring us in for for their own personal reasons. So I mean, I I've, I've heard someone came in last week saying like. We were blowing up on their Slack channel. Yeah, so that's like, great. You know, it's like, huge. Yeah, it is huge. Those things are are real. I mean, we we have to again, like, forget the number that Danny threw out two hundred a day. Like, that's a great number. Of course, we want to hit it. Yeah. Um, but we have to do more than that to do what we really need to do. And restaurants to, and, are are best when they're so busy they're busting at the seams. Yeah. That's when restaurants are the most effective. It's when people like working at the most. Yeah. 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 Care people the most. Yeah. You're yep. like in this hyper flow state um, yeah. of working at yeah. the Absolutely. restaurant. Yeah, people are coming in and enjoying yeah, it. You don't have food waste. Like no you food waste. Yeah. Right. That's and, a huge one. Yeah. And also, like, I think it's, it's um, you have to set up your operation to work for that. Yeah. So we've never said, oh, that'll be hard. That'll be impossible, but we should do it anyways. Like, we've been very careful, to your point about, like, pulling stuff out of the oven, putting stuff in. The, the only variation from our operations in that pizza oven is that our monkey bread, which is a dessert, oh, yeah. has brown sugar on it. And if it starts the whole, if it goes through the whole cycle, it burns. Yeah, so yeah. we open a little window on our oven and cool. slide it in the side. But that is like, silence. that's yeah. like the biggest variation we'll do. And we've talked about, especially at a, if we get to a second store with a bigger oven, maybe converting one oven to a different temperature setting. Something like that, yeah. But yeah. that's not where we're at now. No. Yeah, totes. Okay, so then fulfilling um, corporate orders is also on the... On yeah, the, I think yeah. the stages for us Great. are launch delivery, yep. then launch lunch. Well, actually, we're well, going to open our upstairs. We have an upstairs area that we haven't opened yet, yep. which we're going to announce a really cool event to do. Love open that. that up, launch delivery pretty soon after that, and then launch in-house, yep, and then launch, launch out the door for catering. Launch in-house and launch and then, catering. Then seven days a week. Boom, and seven days a week, I mean, man. Yeah, and then yeah. you guys have to sleep, you know? You, mm -hmm. you know yeah. This is the thing, you gotta train people that, how do you give people what they need for their own um, ha um, health and happiness and well-being um, financially and all this type of stuff so that I mean, you we guys- str We struggle with it. I mean, like yeah. this, this, also, this is like, our- We both took huge pay cuts for this yeah. job. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But this is our baby, so it's, it's our a little, baby. Yeah, yeah, little yeah. different. Yeah. But I mean, Ron I think, and I make no money. <laughs> we, every <laughs> well, month is just soon, over and over again. DiGiorno. Yeah. Uh, speaking yeah. of which, you know, if you guys need maybe part-time help, I got some background in the food service and pizza making industry. Ron, do not sure. test me because I will. Yeah, Ryan, I will. We, I will be back tomorrow. I will be back the, tomorrow to pull you up. Yeah. Ron, no, yeah. I'm anyone serious. who's come by to for a job who lives close, we're like, okay, we're hiring. We're gonna hire you. Two blocks away. Yeah. Yo, people near. Nearby, if you guys want, um, you know, work at um, Square Pie Guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know me. And then, <laughs> you know me. So, but get I mean, line we're, behind Ron. We're trying to build a culture right now. Yeah. We're trying to like. There's excitement right now in our team because we're a week old. Yep. We're getting some good press. We're gonna get busy over. I hope, really fucking hope, but yeah. I think we are. It looks like we're gonna get busy over the next couple months, and they're gonna be part of that growth. That's gonna be really exciting. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, and then I think. The hardest thing is we already have to start looking at how we can bring in some management help. 
And we knew yeah. that. We knew we weren't going to start with a GM. Like we're, a GM I'm the default, start, yeah. I guess, semi-chef to cuisine, executive chef. Though like Mark really kind of oversees the pizza side of the world. Um, but like we knew that we were going to have to bring in someone to oversee production in the morning. Yep. Because we can't be in both places. No. And no way. like service where our guests are there needs a lot of I mean, today's a, an interesting example. Like. Yeah, we, we forgot that we were like, oh, we're going to do this podcast at 4.30. And then you text us and we're like, oh, crap. And then we had to like close everything up, get yeah. all of our prep done and yeah. like sprint. And every day since we've opened, it's just been one huge yeah. sprint. We had, we've had three of our pre-shift meetings after 4 p.m. Well, right. guests are like, wait, like my People girlfriend was outside. like, just making sure guests didn't steal our cash register yeah. one day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she had to ring in a to-go order. Yeah. Like she took a Whoa. phone order. And, yeah. But like that's, I mean... Bursting at the seams, like you said. Some of that is like the staffing. Like we've, we hired, like we were fortunate to find people that we were able to hire and felt like the right fit. Yep. Some of those people have been less yeah. than yeah. appropriate. We had at least three people that accepted a job and then didn't show up the next day. It's like one guy kept saying, he's, he's like, I'm coming tomorrow. We're like, right. all right, okay. I won't say his name, but he kept saying he's going to come the next day. Yeah. I and just then the final like, day, he said, I'm 15 minutes away. He said, I'm 15 minutes away. Never, <laughs> never came. <showed> <laughs> But it's fun. Like we, this at least is a we, hard stuff. But we knew, we knew that. So we like, knew it doesn't that. make it easier. But we at least we knew it. And like, yeah. we share the load, and we know what we can each individually handle. Yeah. So like, there's that. But and yeah. I'm and I'm I have experience managing kitchens while having a heavy admin load. Yeah. So like, I'll sit at the counter and train a prep cook in Spanish while I do admin work. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, it is yeah. crazy. It's fucked Damn. up. Damn. Yeah. I'm yeah, like Buen Trabajo, and then I like send it. <laughs> yeah, Buen <laughs> Trabajo. <laughs> yeah. I You'll love take that. It, that's yeah. crazy. That's that's a lot of hats, guys. This has been epic talking about all of the different aspects of Score Pie, guys. Um, two quick questions on the way out that we like asking our guests. Sure. Are we in a simulation? <laughs> um, sometimes it doesn't uh. feel real. Sometimes it really feels like, like to Mark's point about synchronicity and your point about it, like so many little individual things. Like since I was like. 25 when I started to want to get out of restaurants have led me to this point. Like there were so many little coincidences or like <laughs> nuances that, that had to happen for this to happen where I'm like, but I just thought that was like a thing I wanted to do. And now yeah, here I am. Yeah. Now here we are. Um, I, I don't know if this answers your question, but when you were picking the pizza part and talking about the crumb structure and like, I had weird like deja vu. I like I feel like I've envisioned that moment before. Whoa, yeah, yeah. it was very strange. Yeah. It was like I was less the the bread, more of like the way the broccoli was hanging off the yeah. pizza. I was like, I feel like I've have I done this or like I don't know. I kind of don't really care. Like my, I feel like <laughs> I just I'm, I mean I don't care. Like if it is Shoot. great, what my is consciousness is still the same thing. Like it, it, if I die, I don't think I'm gonna like be able to look back and be like, oh shit, it wasn't what I thought it was. I'm just gonna be dead. That's how that's my belief system. So. Fuck it if it is, it is like, but we're here. Doing we're still this. gonna keep leveling up and being our best. Yeah, characters. we're doing this right yeah, now, so totally. And last question is what do you guys think is the most beautiful thing in the world? Oh shit. Uh laughter. Like brevity. Just making like life. I mean, life <clears throat> you heard my view on the world in the beginning. Life is kind of fucked up and weird and we all go through shit and have trauma and pain and whatever and I think the universal solve is like laughter and, and empathy and those two things are like kind of all we got at the end of the day. I love that. All right. um, I think a lake at the top of the Sierra Nevada, at the end of a hike. 
I hike a lot. Right. Yeah. Did hike a lot before I started <laughs> <pizza> restaurant. <laughs> yeah. I used to hike a lot. Uh, but a like restaurant. a seven mile hike up and yeah. you like crest it and there's still cold water in your water bottle and there's just like a lake or something like that. Yeah. There's a lot there's a lot of like Which my is a simulation that, lake. Yeah, there's yeah. like a lot of my backstory that links <laughs> yeah. to that kind of like physical but also metaphorical journey. So that was really cool the way that you guys had their your two answers. Uh, it's a very like geographic, um, like this like these beautiful things that have flourished on earth and the other one is like this human interaction, like mm. laughter. Um, yeah, these types of things. I, I love that. Um, you guys Mark, Danny, this has been so cool. Thank you. Thank and, you for coming and on. And delicious. And delicious. Yeah. And, we, and we got a new cook. So so we got a new cook. <laughs> I'm going to be rich. Uh, uh, yeah. I, 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 I don't know about though. that. <laughs> yeah, I, wanna, I also want to come in for um, an evening to get my hands on things. I also worked in the business. It's a, it's a very fun thing. Totally, like, yeah. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, awesome. yeah. This what is the fun thing. Yeah, what are you doing on Thursday? We need people. Yeah, yeah, we got to do it around the show. Do it around the show dates. All right. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. We greatly appreciate it. Love to hear your thoughts in the comments below on this episode. Let us know what you're thinking about this modern pizza movement, about Square Pie Guys, about <laughs> the complexities of turning an idea into brick and mortar and how you can actually do that in such a short period of time. Also, check out the links in the bio below to Square Pie Guys and their Instagram. Go and follow them. And, uh, and also, thanks to Ron Vargas for producing and directing. We really appreciate it, Ron. Yeah, Ron. Ronnie. And support the artists, the entrepreneurs, the spiritual leaders, the organizations around the world that you believe in. Support them. Help them grow. Support Simulation. Our links are below. Support us. PayPal, Patreon, cryptocurrency. All those links are below. Design cool merch and get paid. And go and build the future, everyone. Manifest your dreams into the world. We love you very much. Thank you for tuning in, and we will see you soon. Peace. Okay.